0: Yirmiyahu chapter 44. Chapter 44 of Yirmiyahu has got to be one of the most shocking chapters of the Bible. The people have decided to go to Egypt. We are told that Yohanan and his crew took the people. They also took Yirmiyahu and they took Baruch ben Eriah. I've always wondered what would have happened if they hadn't taken Yirmiyahu. Sounds like he has no choice. What if he had a choice? Would he see himself as required to go with the people to keep teaching and speaking and bringing God's word to the people? Or would he have stayed alone in the land? It's hard to know. One can't know, I think. My intuition is that he would have gone. His role is to be with the people. As unfortunate and as unpleasant as that role is, That's his mission in this world. And as he himself said earlier in the book, one does not choose one's mission. That's what Yermiaho says. So in chapter 44, he's with the people. And once again, he keeps speaking. He makes the same kind of speeches he's made throughout the entire book that you have incurred the wrath of God. You were exiled because you misbehaved. You were exiled because of the idolatry. And now you've continued to act in the same fashion and the anger of God which was displayed in the land of Yehudah will continue to be displayed in the land of Egypt because the same behaviors will take place. You're going to a place where you will continue to engage in idolatry, learn nothing from the past, and you will continue therefore to suffer in the future and you shouldn't be here in the first place. Verse number 11 of chapter 44. I am going to set my face against you for punishment to cut off all of Judah. I am going to set my face against you for punishment to cut off all of Judah. I am going to set my to Those who decided to go to Egypt, they will be utterly consumed. They shall fall by the sword, they shall be consumed by famine, great and small life shall die by the sword, by famine, they shall become a curse and a desolation and a mockery. So it's the same kind of speeches he's been giving all along, the same kind of warnings. There is a suggestion in verse 14 that it won't be a total destruction. There will be some small remnants remaining in verse 14. There it says, Of the remnant of Judah who came to survive here in the land of Egypt, no survivor or fugitive shall be left to return to the land of Judah. Though they all long to return and dwell there, none shall return except a few survivors. So there's always a few survivors, but fundamentally, this will be an extremely counterproductive move. And now we have what is a truly shocking interchange between the remnant that is in Egypt, and Yirmiyahu. By the way, the chapter begins by saying, HaDavar Shehayol Yirmiyahu Elkol Hayudim Hayyoshfim B'Yeretz Mitzrayim Hayyoshfim B'Migdol U'Vetach Patros So it mentions four places that the Jews are living. Earlier, in the previous chapter, it said they came to Tach So it sounds like this message of Yirmiyahu is given not just to those who were in tahpanhes we know it says early that some jews had already left to egypt and this could be a general message to all jews who dwell in the land of egypt and jimyo's response to the people in verse number 15 bayanu it jimyo ko haloshim hayodim ki mkatlot nistehem regohim achrim ko haloshim umdot ko ha gadol becholam there's a response to what Yermio has said. Yermio has accused them of idolatry in the past and idolatry in the present. And he said, and that's why we're in exile. Because we have betrayed God, engaged in idolatry. Here it speaks specifically about the community and those that knew that their wives made offerings to other gods. All the women present, a large gathering, all the people living Patros in the land of Egypt. And they say the following. That which you said in God's name, we're disregarding. We're paying no attention. We're going to do all that we said. In other words, the vows that we made, the obligations we made to other gods to make offerings to the Queen of Heaven, we've never heard this before, the Queen of Heaven. We've made offerings, we've made vows, we've poured libations, the same way our ancestors did this. We have a tradition of idolatry. The same way we did it, we brought the sacrifices and the, the vows, the obligations to the Queen of Heaven. And when we did this, we were satiated. We had good lives. But from the time we stopped bringing sacrifices to the Queen of Heaven, and I presume other gods as well, then we got in trouble. In other words, this takes us back to the time of Yoshiahu, the great reformation of Yoshio, to attempt to eradicate the land from foreign gods. And now the people that Yimrio is speaking to are making the amazing claim that the reason we're in exile is not because we worshipped idolatry, but the reason we're in exile is because we stopped worshipping idolatry. When we did the idolatry, things were terrific. Things were fine. It's from the time that we stopped, from the time of Yoshiahu, then we were doomed to go into exile. Now it is true and the text wrestle with this problem, that after the Great Reformation of yoshe this did not prevent the exile, for whatever reason, either because they had gone too far in the past, because of King Menashe, or because the Reformations of yoshe were not fully carry, carried out. There can be different approaches to it. But here they're making this amazing claim. They're not saying that what you're saying is false. They're not saying that we don't believe that God told you this, and saying something much more shocking, we believe God told you this, Hashem told you this. We have different gods. We have Melechot to whom we bring our sacrifices. We're going to keep our word, that which has gone forth from our mouth. One is reminded that in the book of Yirmiyahu, there was an emphasis, we had several verses in the, towards the beginning of the book, which Yirmiyahu spoke of swearing in God's name as a positive thing making commitments in God's name. And here we have precisely the opposite. Here we have the most shocking comment. No, we're in exile because we stopped the idolatry. What do you say to this? So Yemiah, what can you say? Yemiah simply repeats what he said all along, which is in verse 24 and 25, he says that I speak in the name of God, that you who say, you are going to continue to worship the idols, that the idols were the source of benefit for you. Shimu or koyuhudayoshimbiaritz Mitzrayim. And God says, Listen to what I have to say. Hineni Nishbati I swear by my great name. I also make statements, have obligations, and I swear to you that you who dwell in the land of Egypt, I am going to watch, be watchful over you in a negative and not a positive way, for evil and not for good, and those who dwell here will be consumed with famine and by sword. Only a few will return. In verse 28, few in number will return, but very few in number. The remnant of Israel will be consumed in the land of Egypt. And Jeremiah gives them a sign that this is true, that Pharaoh Khafra, the king of Egypt, will be handed over to his enemies. You believe that Egypt will be a safe place, it's far from Babylon, there's a strong army, there's always food in Egypt, almost always, because you have the Nile. You may believe you have security here, but in fact, you have no security. This actually is the last prophecy of Jeremiah that he gives or Prophecy that deals directly with Israel. This is the last prophecy of the book. And tragedy is immense. Here the prophet has the obligation to tell the truth, to bring God's word to the people. In chapter 44, he brings God's word to the people. But the people here, not that they don't believe it's God's word, but they discount God's word altogether. And Yimeo keeps speaking the same message. He doesn't deviate from the message. This is chapter 44. It's the last major prophecy that is given to the people, and it takes place in the land of Egypt. Yimeo is with the people in the land of Egypt. Next chapter, chapter 45, very brief chapter, grand total of five verses, and after that, we proceed to Yimeo's prophecies about the nation.